Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. Hi everyone, welcome to the FitPro podcast. Today I will be speaking to the Chief Executive, Park Run, Nick Pearson, on the success of the global running event and also how you can successfully devise a community initiative yourselves. Nick, uh, great to have you with us today. It would be brilliant Thank if you. you could introduce yourself to all the fit pros out there. Tell us about your first experiences of, of Parkrun. Yeah, thanks, Olivia. So I'm Nick Pearson. I'm chief, as you said, I'm chief executive of Parkrun Global, which, as you indicated, really is a weekly series of events where people run jog or walk at a local park or, or outdoor space five on a Saturday morning. We have junior events, which are two kilometers on a Sunday morning. They're all inclusive community events delivered by volunteers. They happen at around 1,500 locations in 20 different countries every week and around about quarter of a million people take part weekly. My first experience of Park Run, well, I kind of a long relationship with Park Run, really. In a previous life, I was managing director of a running, independent running retailer called Sweatshop, and we were a founding sponsor of Park Run. So when it started in 2004, uh, Paul Sinathan Hewitt, the founder, he hawked around to uh, a heap of local businesses to try and find some support for his initiative. And we were the, and it wasn't me, we were the, we were the one supportive business Mm-hmm. in and around the local area that uh, supported him with some some prizes and some vouchers and that started a relationship between us and Park Run which then led to our sponsorship growing and being more significant and then me getting to know the team and the organization really so my first experience of participating was in July 2008 at Bushy Bushy Park Run in kind of Hampton, Teddington, southwest suburb of London, which was the place of the original event. And mm-hmm. so in 2008, there was probably about four or five events. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when I took part, maybe two or 300 people taking part and quite a different event to what it is now. I, I you know, very much more athletic and sporty, mm-hmm. whereas now I think we would consider it to be much more, more inclusive. yeah inclusive and, and 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 a broader range of kind of participation profiles really mm-hmm. so obviously it was 2004 wasn't it when it, the first one kind of started? that's right yeah why, why do you think it took that long for a, this sort of initiative to kind of take shape and to get going because it is if you think you know of the actual principle of part run it is obviously quite simple in idea <laughs> why do you think that was and well, I think there are a number of critical things. So I think that the one of the reasons it's been successful is it ignored a lot of the rules. Mm-hmm. And so kind of, you know, standard establishment and standard organisational structures to do things in a certain way. And of course, that means everybody's doing things in, in, in pretty similar ways. Mm. So there were lots of things that were really important to pull the founder who could take part 
and how they took part that were frowned upon by establishment, governing bodies, licensing bodies, those type of things. Mm-hmm. And Paul's quite a pig-headed character and he knows what he wants. And so he fought against those things because they didn't make sense and they, and they didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so I think kind of the answer to your question is 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 in that. It, it took somebody to stubbornly refuse to be dictated to mm. for them to find... And then hit, hit his passion as well as a result coming through. To, to yes. to yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, ex- exactly that. And 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 I think the other thing that's that's hugely helped Park Run is the boom in social media and the ability for people to be able to share their their positive experiences. Yeah. So rather than it being a, an event that was marketed to the general public, it was an event that was demanded by the general public because they were seeing people sharing positive experiences. Exactly, and, yeah. and so that it's, yeah, it's always been a kind of demand-led process rather than your traditional mm. kind of marketed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Sure. And obviously, I mean, Park Run is obviously now a household name. I know a family that I know, the, the mother's on her 50th Park Run and the, the dad's on his 100th Park Run. Can you, are you able to tell me some, share with us a few stats in terms of, participation and, and how that's increased yeah so where, where we sit at the moment is we're just over four and a half million registered participants mm-hmm. of which around about three million of those would have taken part in a park run around the world like i said that's quarter of a million people every week we have around about 25 to thirty thousand new registrations every week and yeah overall our our growth is probably about 20, 30% a year. So, so whilst we are focused on trying to, as I said, broaden that diversity of participants and deliver it as a health intervention into the areas where people will most benefit from participating in physical activity, we do think, so even though what we want is a broader population rather than necessarily just a bigger population. Mm-hmm. We yeah. do think within about four or five years will be quite an incredible thing to consider, I think. Great. And so, so the personal trainers listening, they may be you know, starting up their own summer running club or a community event this summer. What would be your business advice to them looking to take an idea and grow it on in, into a bigger scale? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think there's a couple of things that we've talked about there, isn't there? I think that, first of all, don't limit where something can go. So, you know, event number one, October 2004, there were 13 people that turned up for the first event. Mm-hmm. And nobody really could imagine that that would spawn into a quarter of a million people or potentially a million people running every week. So, you know, everything starts somewhere. I think, you know, respect the rules and regulations i think you know whilst you've got to kick back you've got to kick back in a in a a specific way so you know those licenses those insurances those things that you need to run a business safely Mm. you you absolutely need to have on your side but at the same time i think the world of fitness and physical activity is changing dramatically and it's it's the future is includes everybody not just the uber fit populations that were the focus of 
people's attention maybe 10 years ago. And so I think that if I was looking at, you know, building a business venture for the future, mm. it would be ensuring the way that I was talking about my business, the way that I was building its its facilities would be about inclusivity and about it being for everybody and not about being down traditional lines. Sure, absolutely. And so you know, Parkrun has got a wealth of sponsors and, and partnerships going on. How, how does Parkrun determine who to work with? And then this, this may help some trainers who obviously want to expand their, their business offering with partnerships. I know quite a lot of PTs struggle with you know, how to go about that. I guess, yeah, how do you decide who, who to partner with? And, and I guess, you know, making sure, is there any examples where those partnerships have really, you know, taken the part run course, you know, to their hearts and both parties have ended up with, with a good result? Is there anyone that you're working with where it's the partnerships really, really well, works really well? And Well, look, I think that's a brilliant question because it's something that challenges us every single day. We deliver free events. Mm-hmm. And so we have no revenue comes in from our from our users. And so to keep that moving, we need to establish revenue from other sources. And and actually, you know, one of the reasons that Park Run appeals is that it feels local, it feels community and it doesn't feel corporate. Mm-hmm. And so it is quite important for us in our business model that we don't allow sponsors in return for that revenue that keeps it going to take a control over what we do in a way that that wouldn't allow our business to continue to 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 maintain those kind of principles really mm. so as it stands at the moment we we have a, an organizational strategy which is about trying to make the world the nation the communities healthier and happier and so the question we always ask ourselves is whether our association with that partnership would help our community become healthier and happier mm. and that's a real good steer for us because it keeps us away from an awful lot of food and beverage companies who want to associate themselves with healthy activities whilst at the time sell products that are not good for people's health so the largest amount of revenue available is in those areas because all of those brands that have got some kind of dubious association with, you know, either sugar or, or other forms of processed additives that, mm. that really aren't fantastic for your health, want to associate themselves with the healthiest yeah. to give the impression that mm. their product is healthy. So, so largely that's the way partner a commercial partner it is supportive of that healthier and happier or represents and reflects our organizational values then we're we're really happy and we're comfortable to to work with those i would guess the best partnership that we've seen take advantage of of that kind of community collaboration would be our our, our partnership with Alzheimer's Research, mm-hmm. which I think has done a great amount to raise the profile of the challenges of dealing with Alzheimer's and the, the scale of the challenge for people with Alzheimer's over the last three years that we've been in partnership with them. But also the community, our community, has really engaged with the research element. And there's a huge there's a huge population of park runners that are now actively involved in, in the research element and, and, and are 
you know, tangibly helping helping that cause. So mm. th- th- that's worked really well for us. Great. And so thinking about that inclusive, you know, that inclusive nature of part one, I think you also you offer training for blind guide runners as well. Is that something that you that you touch on? Yeah, I mean, I mean, what we're keen to do is we're keen to really understand the barriers that would stop people that are that find physical activity really, really difficult and try and remove those barriers. So we've got a number of projects which revolve around engaging peer to peer basis with people with disabilities or long-term health conditions to really understand what stops them doing physical activity or what makes it most challenging and and to try and work with those communities to to overcome them and to encourage more people from those communities to come and do park run visual impairment is absolutely one of them and is one of our most advanced projects in mm. terms of it's been going the longest amount of time and, and we've had some really good success and yeah so an element of that is that we'll train we'll, we'll train runners in how to guide uh, visually impaired athletes visually impaired people around around the courses and then they'll make that service available and we're seeing some real considerable growth in that area of, of visually impaired participants mm-hmm. as a result Great. Fantastic. So in terms of GP referral then, because there are medical professionals who are prescribing part run um, to to their patients. I've got a question there. You know, do you think there should be a greater presence of GPs at part run? Should they be practicing what they preach? I think it's I think it's a really good question and I think it's really difficult to generalize a whole profession. What, What I would say is that there are a huge amount of GPs that that, that participate and understand the preventative benefits of park run and use that as a mechanism to to support their patients. I think that in general, it's a overworked, under-resourced profession, and it, it, it's really difficult to say somebody should do something the whole profession should do something differently. What we're hoping to do is we're hoping to work with a larger and larger cohort to evidence that there is a significant benefit in the community to a preventative approach rather than just a medication approach. Definitely, yeah. And in doing that, I think that over a period of time, we'll get more and more buy-in. What I'd be what I wouldn't particularly want to do is is be critical of a profession that has been trained to do things a particular way and is under a huge amount of, of time pressure and resource pressure to be able to deal with the, the challenges they've got. But I think we can be part of that solution. Yeah, I, I think we can. Sure. Great. That's really good. And um, yeah, so just thinking about the future and future projections for, for Park Run. Obviously, you mentioned about your the different programs and initiatives that you're working on but is there anything in particular that you'd like to share kind of looking ahead for yeah you? i mean as i said I, I i think that we're across 20 countries and we've got some really evolved and developed strategies in the uk around broadening participation some of them we've spoken about there the most yeah. recent one that we've started is is the prison project where we have park run now in three prisons oh, uh, delivered delivered by prisoners and guards and participated by prisoners. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, we, we 
Say again, I just lost you there. Oh, for sorry. A yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, no, we, in, our, in the last issue of Fitbit Magazine, I actually wrote a an article all about kind of getting ex-offenders into sport and into fitness. Yeah. And we spoke to Professor Rosie Meek. Yeah, so Rose is working with yeah, oh, okay, Rose is working with us. Yeah, absolutely on the on the evidencing and the insight that we get from it. But it's a it, it's really a specific program to support to support the reduction of reoffending. And so obviously, if you've had that conversation, you'll understand how what kind of an impact it can have on reoffending levels. And also, it gives us opportunities to access some really economically and socially deprived areas where where the vast majority of this prison population is coming from and of course they're the most they're the most difficult populations Mm. for us to to get a footing in and of course these are the these are the communities that are suffering the greatest amount of health inequalities and so so they're of great interest to us and and, and, yeah and and, and obviously very 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 topical at the moment with obviously the getting of the gang culture and the closing down of various youth centres at the moment yeah. in London. So that's yeah, no, exactly right. So those are the projects and UK is quite evolved. And so I think that the, the next, the next phase for us would be to roll those out into, into some of our other territories. Juniors is working really well in Ireland and we've got South Africa and Australia, which are really successful territories for us. And so being able to be a little bit more proactive in those territories around participation would probably be would probably be, you know, the next phase for us. Great. That, that sounds really fantastic. Lots going on there for the future. Thanks so much for your time today, Nick. Oh, it's a pleasure. Take care. For more information about FitPro Education and for details on FitPro membership and insurance, you can visit us at fitpro.com. We hope you enjoy today's podcast and see you next time.